0: Hello and welcome back to Post Traumatic Revelations. I am your host, Ofra Caraballo. And in today's episode, we are looking at joy allergies or happiness allergies. I've kind of vacillated between the two. Joy, happiness, happiness, joy. They're used interchangeably, but there is some differences. I believe that joy is deeper and is sustained beyond current events or beyond a current situation. And I believe that happiness is conditional. It's in response to a specific thing, uh, more fleeting. But what joy and happiness have in common is feelings of pleasure. So they are both associated with feeling good. If you look up the word happiness, you'll find words like pleasure and contentment. And if you look up the word joy, you'll find the words great pleasure, ease, appreciation, delight and happiness so if happiness is pleasure and contentment and joy is great pleasure and delight we're probably just splitting hairs at this point right so the point of this episode though is to look at what keeps us from being happy, what's in the way of our joy? Because nowhere on the list of behaviors for a PTSD diagnosis or an anxiety diagnosis or depression diagnosis, nowhere on those lists of characteristics is there anything about pleasure, delight, contentment, ease, appreciation, joy, or happiness. Quite the contrary, right? On those lists, we have characteristics like irritability, sleeplessness, difficulty concentrating, difficulty remembering, hopelessness, sadness, hypervigilance, agitation, isolation, withdrawn, avoidance, intrusive images, of the traumatic event, suicide, suicidal ideations, homicide, homicidal ideations. So good or bad, negative or positive, regardless of our mental and emotional state, we never outgrow the need for belonging, right? That no matter what you're going through in life, You need somebody, whether that's a teacher, a doctor, a friend, we even do better if there's an enemy to associate with, right? That the human animal needs connection and association. And so no matter what's happening in our lives, we never outgrow the need for belonging. And maybe that's why we hear that misery loves company. Well, I like to say that joy loves a party. So, again, what keeps us from our joy? What keeps us from happiness? Allergies? Do we have happiness allergies? What do you think? believe joy is a state of being that comes as a result of having permission to be happy, having permission to let in those little responses, maybe a smirk or maybe a nod or a smile or just allowing some relief from sadness and pain there's that permission thing again I talk a lot about giving ourselves permission to feel permission to heal permission to grow permission to recover what was lost but think about it if you have depression anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorders, you're living in a way that is designed to keep you safe, to keep you from pain, from betrayal, from surprise, from disappointment, from loss, really. So guarded behind the post-traumatic walls of judgment, guilt, and shame. And so you will need special permission to allow happiness, to allow pleasure, to allow contentment. Imagine being in your post-traumatic prison and receiving a text from a friend or a phone call or a package from someone who cares about you, someone who loves you, or someone who's concerned about you. Imagine being in your dark post-traumatic prison and you receive this message or this package or this gift. It can feel annoying, irritating, sometimes even infuriating. Why are they bugging me? Why are they bothering me? I told them I don't want to be bothered. Who's texting me now? Who's calling me now? Who's ringing my doorbell now? That In that post-traumatic state, we want to isolate and withdraw and be alone in our pain and our consistent, predictable aloneness. And so that these little surprises, texts, visits, packages, can kind of disrupt that. And that disruption in that post-traumatic illness space, post-traumatic disorder space can feel like an intrusion, right? And so we respond from a place of mental illness instead of a place of mental health. And so those little attempts at checking in or being friendly or wanting you to know that you're cared about in that post-traumatic prison can be experienced as a violation. It can feel painful. And what's that about? How can happy feelings feel bad? How can joy be annoying? Well, if you've had your happiness stolen, right? If you've had your joy crapped on, if you've had that sense of ease and contentment violated, then you're probably not interested in having that happen again. If you have loved and lost, if you've been betrayed, violated, traumatized, and left feeling terrified, horrified, helpless, and hopeless, then no, happiness is not something you're feeling or imagining. And that's completely understandable. I'm not at all suggesting that we are happy 24 7. I'm not at all suggesting that we ignore the pain, loss, or devastations that can happen in our lives. Throughout our lives, there will be loss, right? There will be loss. And there must be time taken and time given to mourn those losses, and to commemorate what was lost. And if we are to continue living, not just surviving, but if we're to continue living and growing, then we must find ways to celebrate and honor the love that survived the horrible losses, the life left behind. (laughs) Sadness, worry, and anger can be so seductive after we've been traumatized, after we've had significant losses. So often we are seduced by the sadness to just ball up under a blanket, curl up in the darkness, and just be alone with the pain, the sadness. After a loss, And so intoxicating can worry be we get obsessed with how did this thing happen? How could we have prevented this thing? And we're just intoxicated by the worry around controlling every element of our life. If I just do this or if I just do that and then this won't happen again, and so very, very seductive is anger. Right? Anger is so inviting, we get to suit up, put on our guards, and just arm ourselves in this righteous anger at those perceived injustices. And there is this sense of safety in the depression, in the anxiety, in the post-traumatic stress. This sense of safety that we've developed these habits, these behaviors in an attempt to not get caught off guard again, right? That we barely sleep, but we sleep with one eye open, we're just trying to stay ahead of any kind of surprise or we just kind of numb out and don't try and that way we can't fail, we can't be disappointed. And so all of these behaviors, these characteristics are attempts to feel safe, to have that sense of safety that was stolen, that was taken away. When this distorted sense of safety, it comes at a cost. It comes at the cost of our freedom, at the cost of our joy, at the cost of happiness. Whenever I'm working with clients around issues of grief and loss, I always ask them to Tell me, what is it that you miss about the person? What is it that you miss about the thing that you've lost? And without fail, I hear this list of positive attributes, right? I hear them say, I miss the smile. I miss the laughter. I miss the friendship. I miss the companionship. I miss... Feeling safe and content, the very things that we're denying ourselves are the things we miss the most. It's as if we believe that living a life of misery will somehow show how much we love and miss the person or the thing that was lost and... As I'm saying this, I do realize that there is some element of that, right? That there is some truth to that, that the sadness comes from that place of love and the worry and the concern and the anger comes from having truly loved and truly cared about the thing that was taken, that was lost, And there's this belief to varying degrees, right, depending on where you are in the world, where we're expected to have some kind of post-traumatic sadness, some anger, some grief, some mourning. It's even built into the diaspora. Diagnostic manual, right? There's considerations around, you know, certain labels that within a certain range of time, expectation of time, you'll have a diagnosis of acute depression, acute anxiety, acute traumatic disorder. And what that's about is the immediate Right response following. But this acute stage only lasts for 90 days. Right? There's the adjustment disorders that gives you about six months. But to have that hard solid diagnosis, it's usually three to six months after. The traumatic event after the loss or this ongoing feeling of sadness and hopelessness and hypervigilance and all of the emotional psychological disordered behavior. We typically give it a solid label three to nine months after there's been this consistency. And so it really, it doesn't matter how what was lost was lost. What matters is that it's lost. And there's this emptiness left behind and this void left behind. And we feel like somehow we're honoring by not allowing ourselves happiness again, not allowing joy. And sometimes we can't even imagine laughter or joy or happiness after some losses, right? I mean, some cultures have the extreme practices of self-sacrifice or killing yourself to honor what was lost or who was lost. The thing is, happiness, joy, and freedom are God-given rights or inalienable rights, meaning it is our natural state. Anything less is misery, oppression, or dare I say slavery. So what happens inside of us that keeps us stuck? What happens inside of us that we feel that it is the right thing to do to repel, avoid, or even reject happiness and joy? What What's going on inside of our bodies that we are avoiding and delaying our natural state of happiness, of joy? Is it an overreactive immune system? An overactive imagination? Maybe it's hypervigilance in response to potential dangers? Is it overprotectiveness? These behaviors sound a lot like allergies to me. So yes, yes, at certain times in our lives, we can have joy allergy or happiness allergy or an allergic response, an overreaction to feelings of joy, and happiness. The trouble happens when we get stuck in that space. Personally, I know a few people who get very angry at the sound of laughter. People who absolutely hate the sound of kids playing in the playground or puppies frolicking in the grass, hate receiving gifts or birthday wishes acts of kindness. They're completely put off by. So I know many Grinch types. And it's easy to judge, right? It's easy to judge and condemn the Grinch type of people, but true joy condemns no one. While happiness may be fleeting and conditional, true joy is a sustained state of ease, of knowing. Joy is hope. Joy believes beyond circumstances. Joy finds meaning in the spaces between happy events, the space between the happy explosions, the state between birthdays. Joy sustains us between desired outcomes, right? Joy knows that the Grinch is capable of happiness, of kindness, of freedom. Joy knows that something must have happened to the Grinch to cause his joy allergies. Something must have happened and joy trusts that no matter what is happening currently, happiness is possible the way back to ease, to contentment, to delight, is inevitable. Joy knows that broken is not destroyed, that pain is temporary, that nothing is ever completely lost. Joy knows that as long as you're alive, you can turn pain into purpose. Joy knows that love is the only reason for the pain, because you're not sad, worried, or angry about the loss of something that you didn't once love. So joy, like love, sits and waits, knowing and trusting that freedom and healing are just on the other side of your post-traumatic wall, just on the other side of that wall made up of judgment, guilt, and shame. So with your permission, one text, one note, One conversation, one smile, one yes, can lead to a pleasant moment, a pretty decent morning, maybe a good afternoon, maybe a great night, and potentially a joyful week. And so I invite you to consider where you are in relation to your joy. Do you have permission to allow, to tolerate moments of pleasure, moments of contentment, mo- moments of decency, good pleasurable conversations engagements visits do you have permission to move from no to a maybe to a yes I want to thank you again for your time, your attention, and your permission. And I wish you love, hope, and healing. And until next time, be well.